0: My name's Terry. Welcome to the OddsCast. Welcome to the OddsCast. Anything more? Welcome to the
1: OddsCast. And welcome to a special edition of the OddsCast podcast. I'm Dominic Leo alongside Joe DeLara, producer Corey. No Terry takes today. Very sad. R.I.P. Um, Terry hanging up in
0: the rafters
1: (laughs) after a pretty solid performance, the NFL draft last weekend. Um, you know, I think
0: think if you followed all of us, you would have made money. If you followed all of our cards. Yeah. Yeah. Units. So I did win. I would be remiss to say in
1: our contest. So I will retain or take back the trophy from Terry, um, for the, 2021 NFL draft, and we'll see you next year on that. But I mean, I just wanted to get your overall thoughts. You know, there's a lot of storylines we could talk about. Um, you know, I think now that the draft is over, because everyone was talking about the three pick, what are the niners gonna do? It was Mac Jones, Mac Jones. Um, it should it be Justin Fields. Oh, wait, it's Trey Lance or Mac Jones, it's still Mac Jones. And now it's Trey Lance. I think the three-pick kind of dominated the um, overarching storylines of the draft, and people kind of got caught up with what the Niners were going to do. And you almost kind of forget, like, no, there's two quarterbacks in front of them, in front of the Niners pick that were drafted in Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. And, you know, those are going to be day-one starter quarterbacks, it seems. And, you know, the Jaguars – to a lesser extent um, seem to be in worse shape of a roster than the Jets. But, you know, I was looking at just kind of rookie of the year odds for for drafts. There's a ton of offensive talent in this draft, and surprisingly not a lot of quarterbacks have been have been offensive rookie of the years in the NFL in the last 10 years. I think it's like four out of 10 last uh, yeah. offensive rookie of the years have been quarterbacks, so it's not – likely that a quarterback will win it. I mean, it's been running backs. It's been even wide receiver in Odell Beckham's year. So it's kind of like throw a dart at one of these teams because you don't know if the Niners are going to start Lance right away. There's been so much written about how he's just not had the game reps to be a NFL quarterback starting day one. Like, I think he only played like like less than 20 games in college. (laughs) So like... (laughs) Um and then all of a sudden now he's, you know, gonna be twenty-one years old and and giving the keys to Shanahan's offense and and the franchise and all that, but he still doesn't have like a solid game tape against division one opponents. Um Zach Wilson, BYU, like same thing. That didn't really play a lot of people, but and and wasn't really like highly touted. I mean towards the second half of the year in the college season, yeah, he rose to the draft boards and was considered to be in the field's Lawrence conversation, but then all of a sudden he's the, he's the Jets guy. Um, Lawrence has been declared the next Andrew Luck, Johnny Unitas, um, you know, what's the guy for the Broncos, Um, John Elway. I don't know if that's going to be the case in Jacksonville. Urban Meyer drafting a running back um, in the first round. Oh,
0: this fucker. (laughs) in <laughs> travis the, fucking, the, the running that was that was a ridiculous pick
1: yeah well what even made it more ridiculous was that he said that he was you know that at the end going to be the third down back and that uh he used a first round
0: pick on a third down running back yeah i don't gonna go in the second round <laughs> like, i don't i don't know if that's <laughs> just him
1: misspeaking in a, in a press conference, you know, like, like in a media um, just a media visibility, like mistake, but you know, urban Meyer doesn't really have like a, a, a solid NFL list of experience either. So it's like, you know, is he one, he the one making these picks and, and doing all that, like, you know, if he's spending that much draft capital on a running back sure, at the end could be good, but you know, it's still a first round running back. Um, it's, you know, do the Jaguars, are the Jaguars a bottom five team anymore? Like next year, maybe who knows? So I think it's like, you know, a lot of ton of storylines, fantasy implications with the wide receivers. Um, it's, it's just all around. I was, I did my initial um NFL, just kind of grades with like the PFF DVOA kind of thing that I was doing year after year. And just to see like kind of post draft where teams are at. And that's kind of like what I think, you know, we could talk about the draft and who did what and, you know, who made good moves. But like at the end of the day, like we got to flip the page and now discuss like how good these teams are going to be, which teams are going to have these impact players. Um, And, and it was a little surprising to me. I just wanted to flag that so far, you know, other than the Chiefs, um, the Packers I have as the highest grade overall, and that's probably the biggest question mark in the NFL right now: is Aaron Rodgers going to be the host of Jeopardy, or is he going to be the, the the Packers quarterback? And what are your thoughts? I want to get your take on this. Um, we'll talk about it for just a mm-hmm. little bit because I do think it's the most intriguing storyline in the NFL right now, but. Um, uh, yeah, I just want to get your take.
0: Um, so, I mean, he was, this is like very interesting. I think, um, Aaron Rodgers compa- is basically comparing his time in green Bay to like when Michael Jordan was on the bulls and he hated, uh, the GM of the bulls and was just like slandering him in the chat. Um, so it's like kind of funny in a way. I mean, <clears throat> it. I, I think that the, like the whole thing about like him not having any help is kind of overstated. Like he's got an all pro wide receiver. He's got like an awesome running back. Like, I, like, I don't, I don't understand really all pro that left tackle. Yeah. Like I don't really understand that argument, but I do also think that there is a point where like, if your starting quarterback is Aaron Rodgers and he's telling you, Hey, draft me a fucking wide receiver. You go draft a fucking wide receiver. You know, like just, there's a certain point where you just, do it and don't draft a backup quarterback when he probably has another like five years to play. Um, well,
1: well, I think that's, I agree
0: with you. I think the Rogers not having any help narrative
1: is, is completely overplayed. Like I hear yeah. people say, you know, Oh, Aaron Rodgers, if he left, this team would be terrible when that's not really the case. Like the defense yeah. actually is ranked fairly high. Do they show? Up yeah. And the they did need still? a quarterback.
0: Like the cornerback I think wasn't
1: bad. Yeah, no, in terms of like, 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 there's two gripes that I see Rodgers having. Well, three, actually. One, is, two of them are personnel related. One of them, Green Bay can't do anything about. Two of them, the first one is like the McCarthy thing went on for way too long. Yeah. And sorry to any Dallas Cowboys fans, like, Mike McCarthy's not a good coach. And, you know, hey, Rodgers' prime, I guess he's looking at it now, 36 years old, saying, my prime in the nfl was wasted because uh, of mike mccarthy and because like i won them that super bowl basically mccarthy got most of the credit because i was younger in my career and then it bought him like four to five more years of just like terrible head coaching when i could have been experimenting with these you know newer kind of high octane type offenses where you wanted like the younger
0: sexier coach
1: correct And so, you know, he got that now to, as of two years ago and, and LaFleur has been a great coach. Like he, you know, for, for all of his, um, playoff troubles and especially last year when he, you know, decided to, to run it instead of throw it on fourth down or, or kicked it instead of, instead of throwing it on fourth down, um, you know, for, for all of that play that that's gotten, like he has been <clears throat> one of the best coaches in the NFL in the regular season over the last two years. And he's, he's, you know, that's his first head coaching gig. So like, could he be the next McVay? Sure. But like, we don't know until we separate Rodgers from the floor, how much of the success should be allocated to each um, in terms, in terms of like who gets credit for that, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so that's, that's number one McCarthy went on for too long. Number two, the gripe that I could see Rogers having is the Jordan love pick. And, you know, I get the Packers strategy and I get the Packers, um, you know, thought process. Cause like before last year, when Rogers won MVP, like he, there was some regression over the last like two, three years. And maybe like the love pick, like woke him up. Maybe looking at, Tom Brady and what he was doing with Tampa Bay and leaving a situation where he was unhappy with new England and Belichick, maybe he, that kind of invigorated him. So like you have that, you know, those, those two gripes, the the McCarthy thing compounded with taking Jordan love right after that. And right after, he yeah. Went, okay. Like I have like, you know, this team and it's my team for the next couple of years. Um, I think those two things compounded, um, makes him you know unhappy the third thing is and i and i've heard this this theory and i kind of subscribe to it is that he just doesn't like green bay like and living in wisconsin honestly it. and like <laughs> i'm not from wisconsin i don't know anybody who's from wisconsin but i mean it looks like it's cold uh, I was gonna say like a learned experience, <laughs> like, like <I> <laughs> it's an acquired taste. Yeah, I you know like, I like, I, in, like an aged
2: cheese. Of- it's it's tough on the palate at first, but then you got to yeah. warm up to it. You know, like a thick brine on cheese. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's
1: I, I like the cold weather more than more than most. Um, but you know, to to live in a just cold just no mountain like i don't think i think it's pretty flat flat flat. too like it's like yeah like it's like it would be cooler if like it was like in you know vermont or like new hampshire
2: (laughs) unless you're super into cross-country skiing or ice fishing like there's not much for you
0: no but i mean like buffalo seems cooler than than wisconsin you
2: know what i mean yeah buffalo i mean it's just full of fucking fucking
0: wings at least wings are better than that whatever cheese that is wings
2: and lunatics
0: Yeah, yeah, but but you know Rogers is a West
1: Coast guy. um, To be, he wanted to go to the Niners, like absolutely. Oh yeah, and you know I think that that's there's validity to, and I don't think the jeopardy thing is is like real. I think that's just (laughs) Rogers' team just putting out like little snacks to
0: journalists to. I think he would do it if, if, if like he retired. Oh yeah, uh, uh, but but like but like do you know You're not gonna fucking retire to go do Jeopardy. Like that's like... On
2: behalf of the Jeopardy community, I find Aaron Rodgers a little too gauche for uh reading the answers for the contestants. I don't like it at all. Uh, yeah, I, I would, mean... one for me, I'd boycott if he was the, the host. Okay. <laughs> so you know, stay out of my kitchen, Rodgers Fuck off. It's like
0: stay in your lane, like you know. Well, I you don't, don't need think your turn Rogers... Ferguson's like, shut up and throw the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's like I, I don't know how much
1: cultural relevance, like in power and equity, that Rogers brings to Jeopardy. Like I don't think that that's what they're looking for. Is that you know that's I think Jeopardy kind of has its own established viewership that doesn't really care if the next you know big athlete comes over there.
2: Do you know, you know how like, many I... questions were geared towards Green Bay being the answer in a football context, and no one ever got it right? There was always a clip you'd see on Twitter the next day. Where it was like. The Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers looking all like, come on, guys, you should know this. Fuck you. No, these people study geography and history, and philosophy and the good book. Yeah, I no guess he would about Green up, Bay, dude.
0: You would skip over Green Bay in that circumstance.
2: 100 percent. There's nothing of relevance that happens there.
1: <clears throat> yeah, like yeah. he's the he's like the State Farm guy, I guess. But like, I, I mean, he's not like a Brady in terms of like the cultural no. visibility. No. Um so in, like, in that sense maybe he's just like a veteran baker mayfield cuz he seems to be in all commercials. <laughs> <laughs> but like is baker mayfield like going to host Jeopardy? I don't know. Um uh, maybe I definitely not. Um, I would love to see I how much baker actually pulls in every year. But so so you know, I don't I don't think that's, that's that's something that Green Bay can't help. Like they can't help that their city is located in Wisconsin yeah. or their, their, the team is located in Wisconsin. Um yeah. I don't think so, so at the end of the day, like Rodgers might just be looking at Tom Brady, seeing that he left a situation <laughs> where he had some negative experiences that comes with just being at a single place for 10, 15 years and having turnover in the front office, the ownership. Like the Packers don't really even have like a like a like an ownership type figure like this. Yeah, is there's like, no one even to be mad at. Yeah,
0: like specifically. it's like, like it's like, yeah, I'm like, just mad at all the shareholders.
1: The The board, like, I guess puts in new people every couple of years, but like, I was actually looking at this, like the only, the, the max amount of mm-hmm. equity a single person can have in the green Bay Packers mm-hmm. is 4%. So you're never going to get like a, a Jerry Jones type figure that's driving the train. Like that you can like
0: actually be mad at. Yeah.
1: Like, like, you know, if Matt, if Rogers played in Atlanta, like, yeah, like his relationship with Arthur blank is going to be like very important. Um, and that's probably the case with like 28 out of the other 32 NFL teams. Like, um, there is a single entity, person, family to like have a relationship with to pull strings for you. Green Bay, there's none. I think that just compounds the problems that he's having with the history of, of McCarthy and, and the Jordan Love pick and, and everything. Um, but I think you know, it's like a perfect storm of just being unable to get out of this situation and then watching his peer probably one of his only peers in the nfl tom brady um in terms of like the the pedigree and the success and just like the status on a single franchise looking at him winning a super bowl (laughs) like like immediately reaching the pinnacle Mm -hmm. of the sport um immediately after it's like okay yeah tom brady like you 20 years like we're fighting with bill belichick not you know thinking the team was doing enough to help him personally which is similar to what rogers is probably feeling in green bay and then brady like choosing where he wants to go to albeit that was in free agency but like now he gets to spend time in in florida and just like live a basically you know a Warmer life, and like you know, he looks at it, he's like in Cali- being a California kid. Like he's probably like, I want to play on the West Coast. I want to play with a team that like will just kind of like let me do my thing, and you know, listen to me. So, I do I do I think this ends? No, I think actually, at the end of the day, like there's not many teams that are like probably willing to give up the capital to get Aaron Rodgers, like. The only team that makes sense, kind of, is the Broncos, because if you're if you give any credence to the West Coast theory, the Broncos are are a you know they're a West team. They're not West Coast, but they're a Western team, and they need a quarterback, and they have the 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 personnel in the front office that would want to make that happen like i'm yeah. sure john elway winner of two super bowls already um as an older quarterback in his time would love to have aaron rodgers um on his football team but are the broncos one of the only teams that can can get rodgers and have room for rodgers yeah i mean maybe the raiders but i think and that was like rumored to be on rodgers's list was the 49ers the raiders and the broncos yeah um everyone else <laughs> kind of got like capital invested in a quarterback
0: yeah like they have somebody um and the broncos really don't have anybody like they have players on the roster but like it's not like they even have something that they're saying like oh like i hope he gets better like drew lock is like not supposed to have that kind of ceiling at all so yeah no
1: the fan base was pretty upset that they didn't take fields at nine
0: yeah like it's not like one of those situations like uh i think he had wound up naming the giants at some point too Uh, And, you know, like, you hope that Daniel Jones can take a step forward. um, But, like, there's an expectation that he does so. Uh, Whereas some of these other teams, like the Broncos, don't have that. The Raiders, even, like, Derek Carr, like, had a good year relative to his standards last year. But, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers. Like, you're going to take that That's a step forward. That's a step up. I mean, I just don't understand team's not w- being willing to trade multiple first round picks for a hall of fame quarterback at this stage in his career I don't think that he's that old we've seen him like his brain is still functioning fine uh and like we've seen like how uh like these older quarterbacks like Brady Manning etc they're able to play later in their career because they're smarter than most of the other teams with the defenses or the schemes and you you're be better, right
2: yeah, and Eli. Okay. I just wanted to clarify.
1: And and Roethlisberger last year too. Yeah, like,
2: I mean, like, so it, like it, I, it don't, I don't. There's, a, a, there's there's a sign of brain decline right there.
1: No, but I'm saying like <laughs> that team, like that team would have been probably ten and six or nine and seven if yeah. Roethlisberger didn't have the world to run run an offense where he could get rid of the ball like under two seconds because that yeah. was the Fair. entire offense.
2: Because the uh, thing is like at the check end of the football. Day,
0: yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like if you are drafting a rookie quarterback or if you're continuing to roll the dice with a guy who has put you at basically like seven and nine or you know, eight and eight, six and ten, like somewhere in that range for a couple of years, and you're saying, like, I hope he breaks out, like, what the fuck's the point? Like just go and get the guy that you know is gonna be good. Like those first round picks aren't even gonna be that good for the next yeah, for those couple it, of years yeah. because like you're you know you're gonna be good. And then you don't you. It's like whatever, just fucking do it. Like I, I just don't understand. Like the NFL draft is such a crapshoot. It takes normally so long to get these players to develop and these quarterbacks to actually see like what you're going to get. And even like even Herbert uh, was awesome last year as a rookie, but like you don't know if he's going to step up next year. You don't know, and like he still isn't like it was not like they were good enough. Like, they didn't make the you know like it's not like they're making like a huge playoff push. Like you don't know what they're going to do. So it's like if you take in that quarterback or if you feel like you're you're just a step away, whether it's maybe like bolstering your offensive line in the draft in like maybe some later picks or getting a wide receiver or whatever, and then you just have this all-world quarterback, like why wouldn't you do it? I don't get it. It's not like the NBA where a first-round draft – like a first-round pick is probably going to start for you and he's one of five players on the floor. And the way that the contracts are structured – like you, you, you're basically getting that guy for like seven years or eight mm-hmm. years. The NFL is different. Like these guys shelf life isn't even seven years. Yeah. So um, it, I don't understand what the aversion is to trading multiple first round picks for a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Like, I think it's a no brainer. Um, well, if,
1: it's, it's also hard at this stage of the off season to do that. Right. Cause it's yeah. like, if you're the Raiders and it's rumored that you're trying to get Aaron Rodgers and then you don't, Derek Carr's going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's like, we're only like, what, like two months away from training camp, three months away from Fair. training camp. So it's, it's, I get, I get your point And I, I agree with it um, somewhat. Um, but, you know, I, I think that the Giants and the Raiders are good examples of teams that are like the, the very amount of limited teams that are in that position Yeah a lot of the teams still have rookie contract quarterbacks where they can kind of play around with their salary cap um, and still kind of like have that window where they have that cheap quarterback. I mean, the giants are right there and, and have to decide whether they want to do go ahead with Daniel Jones, but like that's significant equity and capital you have to, to invest. And yeah, I get it. Rogers is probably going to give you two, three years of great football, Um, but you know, you have to have all the right things in place. You have to have like an ownership that's willing to do it. And I I just don't see in the lay of the land, like many teams willing to do that. And you also have the Deshaun Watson thing going on where it's like, do you know, I was reading articles this week that a lot of people don't think he's going to play at all this year. That's wild. And,
0: and imagine not having your first round picks. (laughs) (laughs)
1: but like but that's also because and like the texans might use the the sexual um harassment stuff as as a not not as excuse because that that shit's bad like like you know i don't know many teams would want to touch deshaun watson right now given the the just
0: what about masseuses (laughs)
1: sorry i knew knew that was coming um (laughs) given that that's kind of just like the the new you know the newer just kind of world that we're in like you can't really have the face of your franchise um be that way like like i i liken it to like if the roger if the roethlisberger stuff happened now like there's no way roethlisberger would have been uh an nfl quarterback
2: i was just gonna yeah. bring that up
1: and like for better or for worse probably for better um you know for not, not football reasons but like f- for better like that's probably what's what what's going to happen i don't know if any team is willing to do that but but like there hasn't been a time in the nfl where it's like two or three months out from training camp and two of the top five quarterbacks in the league last year like literally like like objectively probably two of the top three quarterbacks in the league last year um are seemingly available
0: yeah, I mean it's definitely weird because like, this is something that's even happening in the NBA, like, and there's there's starting to be like some pushback about like this type of issue, and it's about how like these players or these coach, more so the coaches, um, because it's like why are these coaches so like important or so to speak, uh-huh. you know? And like Jason Kidd is like continuing to get opportunities to try to be a head coach, and he's like a shitty person you like beat the shit out of his wife and like all this other stuff and it's like why are these organizations like what what is it about these organizations that they're saying like yeah like let's just give this guy a shot like there's only like so many jobs available like there's so many better people let alone better coaches (laughs) to like we qualified for these jobs. Um, it's it's crazy. Like even like fucking Tony La Russa is coaching the White Sox right now. Doesn't know the fucking rules. I don't know if you saw this today, but like, <laughs> so an extra innings. So this is a huge digression, but when you're in extra innings, if the pitcher would have been the last out and like is the one that has to go to second base and like uh, for the extra runner or whatever in yeah. like the tenth inning you don't have to put the pitcher there. You put the runner or the batter before the pitcher is eligible to go to second base. Tony La Russa didn't fucking know that and put his closer on second (laughs) base. (laughs) fucking Liam Hendricks on second base. That's great. And then in the interview after they're like, so like, yeah, this is the rule, whatever. Like, why'd you do that? And he's like, well, I guess I know now. Like, like what are we doing?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, it's I guess organizations kind of have to weigh the way the 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 backlash from it. I mean, the the NBA, like the assistant coaches, like do I, I you know, not to speak down on like what assistant coaches do in the NBA, but like, <clears throat> you know, I don't think they really do as much no. as like, an NFL quarterback does that's integral to the success of their team like I'll no. say that like I'm not gonna
0: but that's what I'm saying like I'm it's like, like why are they even giving they're, it's like why are they even giving them a chance like if Deshaun Watts is not gonna play like it's not
1: <laughs> so yeah I mean a lot of stuff to talk about with the Rogers thing you know do I right now like would I bet on a team to get Aaron Rodgers, no, because I think at the end of the day, like we, we've seen this happen before where it's like, oh, Rodgers is going to leave. He hates Green Bay. He hates the, the team. He hates the organization. And then all of a sudden, like Rodgers is leading Green Bay, a team that we're like, okay, they shouldn't really be good. Oh, wait, now they're, you know, eight and two. And yeah, Rodgers is playing MVP type level football again. So yeah. I, I, I would, there might actually be some value on the <laughs> Packers, <laughs> like um, ironically, because I think yeah. that, you Know for them to win the division, like I don't think Fields is coming in and making you know, I, I don't see the Bears winning the NFC North unless Aaron Rodgers is not a pre Packer and the Vikings, and even like, then, it, it, yeah, like, even then, and it's just you know, they, they have a lot of issues. The Lions are one of the bottom three teams in the league, I can say that pretty confidently, and the Vikings you know, in an alternate reality where the, the Falcons are, are good and the Vikings are good. <laughs> and these teams that like, look like they could break out on paper, um, do maybe, but you know, I think it's pretty much the Packers, um, you know, in, in terms of the, the gap between NFC teams, the Packers have the biggest gap between them and number two, which I have as the Vikings, um, the second would be the Bucks and the Falcons, so similar stuff. The Saints, I think, are going to take a huge step back, and then the NFC West. I actually, looking at it um, with the grades, um, I don't give any any credence to the Russell Wilson rumors. Like, I think he's staying there, um, yeah. But. Uh, and, and that was a weird situation too. I don't want to get too much into it, but it's, it's, it's just weird, but there's actually, yeah. I think value on the Seahawks this year um, because I think all three of those teams, Seahawks Rams car oh, uh, Seahawks, Rams 49ers, not the Cardinals, definitely not the Cardinals um, Seahawks Rams 49ers. Like it's just like a flip of a three headed die coin. Yeah. Um, And I think the Seahawks are plus 300. So that's, that's, uh, that's, that's value to me. Yeah.
0: So- That's some nice value
1: when, uh, you know, when the MLB um, picks up and the NBA and the NHL playoffs kind of die down and we have that lull period in the summer, we will do our summer series preview. We'll go into it more and maybe we'll see some more movement in those quarterback situations um, with Rogers and and the Watson thing, which I think people are just like kind of because of the Rogers storylines, like are kind of forgetting that he's out there and, and still Saying he's gonna hold out and not play, and that he wants to be traded.
0: Blackers but... should trade him to the Texans for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> that would be hilarious. That'd be so fucking funny <laughs>
1: to see Rodgers try and compete with that roster. They are so bad. That's um, what they should
0: do. Just send him like anywhere. That's like... that's that's funny. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm actually yeah. That, that's actually good. We should play around with that more. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's it. On. That's it for the NFL draft. Um, again, you know, we could talk about so many different things, but that's kind of what I think is are the big takeaways. Um, yeah. And, you know, you'll have to tune in when we start talking about them more to see who we like as uh, kind of like our, our sleeper picks here. Because there are some. Um, there are some. So, uh,
0: Joe, what's going on in the NBA? Uh, so we're closing in on the end of the regular season. The Knicks are still fucking awesome. Um, and the Knicks are actually in sole possession of fourth place in the East, uh, pretty much regardless of what
1: happens. So so I just want to say like, they're awesome because of the
0: expectations. Correct. Like they're also like awesome. (laughs) Like, like no, like literally since the last, since the all-star break, they have the highest point differential in the NBA. Like they're crushing teams. Like it's not even part of, and like, they're like, obviously like the expectation is one thing. Um, and like, I, I don't, I would be happy with them, like securing the four seed, uh, having a six, maybe winning the first like first round series against whoever the five seed is, but I would be shocked to see them go further than that. Um, just because like, they don't like Randall's really awesome. Barrett's good, but like, they don't have that like superstar, superstar, that like ethereal talent, you know? Um, so yes and no. To answer your question. Like they, they are good. Um, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that they've been just like dominating uh, against the spread. Like they're 14 and 1 over their last 15 games against the spread, which is preposterous. And um, they have only lost like three games in the past two months. So a lot of that has to do with uh, Derek Rose, actually. And they've been incredible since he's. Uh, since he's come over but they've also changed their shot selection and this is something that i want to talk about in terms of the playoffs coming up um and one of the guys at action network wrote about this and he's really right and it's something that we talk about it's in terms of like variance. but the knicks have started taking a lot more three-point shots and then they've also seen a lot more three-point success namely from uh rj barrett and derrick rose um and when those guys are shooting and then they obviously have burks and bullock but when those guys are shooting great from the three-point line it gives you more room to wiggle and since their defense is so good uh they have a top defense in the league for really the whole season um that level of variance in terms of the shooting and you're taking a higher like ev type of shot uh you're going to perform better and that's something that's important for teams in the playoffs, like if you're a lower seated team, but you shoot a lot of threes, like this is kind of like what the Miami heat did last year. You have a better chance of moving up in the playoffs because there's more variance. Like you could, you could run hot. Um, and you could pull off an upset, but with that in mind, like going in the backstretch of the regular season, there's about two weeks left now. And one of the things that's going on is like everybody's playing, or not even two weeks really, but everybody's playing a bunch of back-to-backs and I wrote an article for the Action Network, um, and it was detailing basically like when certain guys sit, who benefits, and like how do they benefit. So a lot of times when people think about load management and guys sitting, we go and we bet a spread. But I think it's a lot more valuable to bet player props if you know what the angle is already. So with the Clippers, for example, if Kawhi Leonard and or Paul George sit, Marcus Morris benefits the most, like statistically, but Luke Kennard, he has like the highest points per shot attempt on the team. So he's seeing significantly more volume. So even though like his stats aren't as great as Morris's, he has more like microwave potential. So that's something that I would look for. So you can find that in my bio uh, on Instagram and on Twitter. I would take a read on it just because with these back-to-backs and these teams kind of securing themselves in their seating. I think you're going to see a lot more rest days with these back-to-back sets coming up. Um, so definitely something to keep an eye on here. But I, um, um,
1: can I ask you <clears> a few <throat> questions, kind of right sure. here? Because like, Yeah. I have not been paying the NBA, paying attention to the NBA at all. Fair. Like, between between the NFL draft um, and the the just all-time deep dive I was in in the NFL draft. Uh, yeah, you were and, in one. And the MLB, um, I really just haven't been giving it the time of day. What the fuck? The Suns lead the Western Conference.
0: Yeah, the Suns are fucking awesome. Um, They are tied with the Jazz, but they have the tiebreaker uh, for the one seed in the West. Um, Chris Paul is just, well, I don't know what the fuck he's doing. It's incredible. Every team he goes to, it's like he's got like hands of gold. And they just make the playoffs and like way over exceed expectations. Um, well,
1: like the Jason Kidd thing. Like it makes his teammates better kind of thing.
0: Yeah. It's, it's kind of one of those things. Um, except he doesn't beat his wife. So, <laughs> so like, uh, but uh, so like, Chris, Paul- like
1: are they, Are could they like make a deep run? Like are, are they a legit title contender? I see them at 14 to one. Um, yeah.
0: They, so yes. 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 It, I think a lot of it is going to depend on like who they play and like where the seeding lands. Um, The one thing that's interesting about the Suns and which is good for the Suns is they play a shitload of switch, and they do that during the regular season. And a lot of it has to do with their personnel. So like in the playoffs, anyway. It's not as important to have like depth in terms of like, oh, like we have like 12 good guys on our roster. It's mm-hmm. much more important to say like, oh, we have like eight guys that play. And then the other guys on the rest of the roster can like easily replace those guys. And that's what the Suns have. So I do think that they can be dangerous in the playoffs because you have Chris Paul and Devin Booker who both are dynamite in clutch time. And you have these this system of guys who can play a lot of switch. And then you have different options with your lineups with Ayton and you know with Sarich and whatever like what and like they can kind of mix and match there so the Suns I think are I, if I'm betting on a team in the West that's not the Lakers or the Clippers it's gonna be the Suns
1: yeah because I mean it's like <clears throat> Booker's only I'm looking now he's 24 years old um, yeah he's turning 25 later this year like that's if you're like oh the Suns you know, they're cool, regular season team, but they, like, don't have what you said, like, that ethereal talent that's, like, that superstar. Like, we don't, like, Booker could break out. They do. Like, I
0: would say Chris Paul and Booker are, like, they're, they're there in terms of, like, how much I trust them in clutch time. hmm So, like, I... like And, like,
1: you know, DeAndre Ayton could have, like, I don't know, like, uh, the modern-day Roy Hibbert, you know, early 2010s <laughs> run, you know what I mean? Like, where Roy Hibbert was, like could you build like a team around this guy? Like when he was with Indiana. That was insane. Uh, Yeah. And like, you know, so you could have like that kind of thing going on. I like the talents here. Um, yeah. And, and the, they son, shoot, the and they shoot a lot um, or at least, you know, between Booker and I know Cam Johnson. Um, yeah.
0: The Suns the, are good. And then they had to you know, like then you got a guy like Jay Crowder who is like kind of one of those guys, like during the regular season, you're like, Oh, like whatever. Like that's nice. You have Jay Crowder. And then in the postseason, you're like, holy fuck, you have Jay Crowder because <laughs> like, he's just he's a three point shooter and he can play like versatile de- defense, basically and cover guys between like two and five if, if he needs to, which is super important. So the Suns are good. The Clippers, I think, are like somehow like slightly undervalued. Um, I think that they're very good and they but they do need uh, Serge Ibaka to get healthy um, in order to have better rotations. The Nuggets are surprisingly still, like, feisty, um, but they're just going through, like, the fucking ringer with injuries because now, like, they got a couple other guys out, like Will Barton's hurt, Gary ha- or Gary Harris, I think, or, like, whoever the fuck it is. Um, but they got, like, a couple different wings hurt, and, like, the Nuggets are tough, but, like, they've been hot even since Murray went down. Um, teams that I don't have a lot of faith in, like, the Mavericks, absolutely the fuck not. Um, The Jazz, I have no faith in, even though they're tied with the Suns, just because they're so tied to Gobert that – and, like, he can't play switch and, like, he can't play, like, at the level defense, which basically is, like, when you just kind of, like, stay with your man, like, throughout and you're not, like, dropping uh, and just, like, saying, like, shoot the three and we'll just defend the paint. Um, And, like, most teams can – exploit that in the playoffs um, it's not the regular season and like on the flip side <clears throat> that's actually something that the Bucs have been working on not doing so the Bucs last year and the year before they that's why Miami beat them that's why you know we gave out Miami to beat the Bucs last year on the pod because the Bucks play drop and that's what they did last year and basically it's like you're gonna get crucified from three-point range but the Bucs, like they do that for the most part in the regular season, but you see them doing some other defensive strategies, um, including like switching more and, you know, doing like pseudo switches where like you're only moving, switching on like half the guys or like double teams. So the Bucs I have a little bit more faith in, I think the Bucs are very good. Um, and I think that the now isn't a bad time to buy the Bucs. Uh, if you're not in on the Nets, you um, and like, if for whatever reason, you don't really like the Sixers because of Joel and ability, like ability or disability to like beat a forced double team, then like, I think that the bucks have a shot here because the addition of drew holiday, I think was uh, dynamite. Um, one thing is like, I just don't know what to do with the nets. Like, I don't know if you've watched any of the nets games, but like,
1: yeah, I've watched a few and I don't see how they don't win a title. So <laughs> like like I know that I know that like they don't play defense. I follow a couple nets people um that I like went to to college with at college radio with who are like pretty big nets fans and they like retweet some stuff sometimes about like how the perception of the Nets is that they don't play defense, but like their defense yeah. actually like isn't like terrible. Like it, it's it's kind of like Bottom tier, but it's not like lowest in the league kind of thing. I yeah. don't know. I, I haven't looked into that. I just see it, and that's kind of yeah. like what I've retained. But like the star power, like if all those guys are healthy, and like you know, then the, you win a basketball game. I don't know if you know this, but but you score more points than the other team, and Fair. I
0: don't I don't see how any team can outscore them. So the thing with the Nets, if is, if,
1: if healthy, Astros, yeah,
0: it's really their health, and like. After watching them more, uh, like when they play like tough competition, it becomes like very evident that they need James Harden to be healthy. Um, because like when you in both of these games against the Bucs that they just played last weekend, you watch them in the fourth quarter. You It was literally just the only people that shot the ball in the ba- in the first game from like seven minutes on. Uh, in the fourth quarter, were Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving with one other shot in there, and it was Blake Griffin getting a rebounded tip slam, and that was it. Like they don't run an offense, so that becomes predictable, and that's problematic when you play better defenses. Like as good as those guys are, they're not like they're they're incredible shot like tough shot makers, but like they're not gonna you're not gonna beat the Bucks playing one like basically ISO ball for an entire quarter or the Sixers for an entire quarter if the game's close. So that's my one concern with the Nets. But on the answer to, to respond to what you're saying about the defense, those guys are right. And a lot of it has to do with Nick Claxton, who mm-hmm. doesn't didn't play in those couple of games. He's super lengthy. He's better than DeAndre Jordan. He should get those minutes, not DeAndre Jordan. And he's more versatile of a defender, and he can help them like run, space the floor, et cetera. And they're actually like in the top 10 in pick and roll defense when he's on the court because of his ability to switch and like play that like that type of defense. So I I agree with you. I think that their defense uh, isn't as bad as like advertised, um, because you're right. Like if you're going to score 120 points a game and the other teams and score 110, it doesn't fucking matter. You won by 10. You know, like, yeah, so, I,
1: I see a lot of class and love too. I, the, the last rapid fire question I have for you um, is like, what happened to the Celtics?
0: Uh, they're not good. Like, <laughs> like dude, I, I think part of the problem is like they Danny Ainge is just such a fucking pussy. Like, he like do, never wants to lose a trade. And because he never wants to lose a trade, he doesn't fucking make trades that you need to to win. Like there are certain guys that were available at the deadline and he just didn't go and get them. And then like they let Gordon Hayward basically walk and like Gordon Hayward was instrumental to that team in terms of their like efficiency. Mm -hmm. And like Tatum is awesome. Tatum is going to be like all NBA forever once he turns however old he is like he's like 18 still. But, like, um, whenever he turns, you know, like, when, like, he's still, like, 23 years old. Like, he's going to turn a corner, and people are going to be like, holy God, this guy's so good, you know. But they're just not there. They don't have that, like, I don't know. Like, they're just so prone to just getting blown the fuck out because yeah. of the style of basketball that they play. They don't really have a real big, and that's problematic. But in the playoffs, if you're going to play – Kemba, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, uh, and, you know, Fournier, don't Google him, for, like, 40 minutes apiece, you have a shot because those guys are so good. Um, and that's not, like, like that's not a matchup that I would want to see if I was the, the Nets, per se, or, like, I, I really wouldn't want to see, like, the Heat or the Celtics based on, like, where the seating is just because – they are kind of gritty, like the heat are gritty and they shoot a lot of threes and the Celtics have guys like Tatum and Jalen Brown, but like, I don't think that the Celtics are good. I think that they could push a team to more games that they would want to play in a first round series.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to have a lot to talk about when it comes to the NBA. Um, yeah.
0: It's coming up. And
1: yeah. It's uh, playoffs are right around the corner and, you know, I'm assuming we will have a lot to talk about when we get closer to it. I just—I was shocked when I saw the Suns at the
0: top of the Western Conference. <laughs> I just looked I was like, "What is going is, on?" Did Steve Nash go start playing again? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, I guess we can bring it to Pods and Rex now. Um, Producer Corey,
2: hey guys, how you doing? Hey. I'm going to recommend stretching.
1: Oh wow! Right out the gate. Yeah. Wow. I'm doing familiar. a lot of
2: it. Um, my knee is very much locked up in position. So mm-hmm. everything I do is a stretch now. Uh, I think by this time next week, I'll be able to touch my head to my knee, which I'll show if I can do it. You're going to uh, suck your dick? No, no, I'm not that well endowed. I couldn't make it <laughs> if I tried. Uh, not that I ever have. Fuck. I did not want to go down this road at all. Shit. Uh, yeah, no, I'm feeling limber. So stretch
0: word yep um my my pods and recs is to use a crock pot um number one it's just like the easiest thing of all time but what i did was i did chicken in the crock pot and i didn't i like kind of like just did some like basic generic seasonings but uh and i did it with beer so can't go wrong there but the reason I'm suggesting this is like by not I wouldn't don't put sauce in there so normally like if you want to do like pulled chicken or like pulled pork or something like that like you put the barbecue sauce in the crock pot with it I recommend not doing that because then you can use the chicken for like a variety of different meals and pulled chicken is just so versatile like you could make tacos you could make sliders you could make you know like what like sandwiches obviously like bigger sandwiches than a slider um you could make wraps you could put it on a salad whatever but by using, being able to use a different sauce for each of them, I think it's a little bit more fun. It keeps it uh, lively. It's better for meal prepping. So uh, that's my recommendation. Use uh, a crock pot. Make some pulled chicken, but don't put sauce on it in the crock pot. Uh, save your sauce for afterwards. Uh,
1: great recommendation. <laughs> I will. Uh, <laughs> I'm
0: gonna. I'm gonna
1: recommend listening. Um, so Sunday was kentucky derby day i thought i was gonna do like some pick five um at churchill downs didn't have time because i was you know we were doing a bunch of stuff around the house great day outside on sat on sunday um on saturday rather sorry and then um i was you know looking at the derby for probably an hour and a half like looking at the pps and everything and then my fiance is like oh can i bet and i was like okay like you know she's like telling her like my angle i like highly motivated and i was like i don't know if i actually like the tourist or it's just because the chad brown happy air horse um hot rod charlie i kind of like uh rocky world seems to be like kind of the horse everybody's like backing and and is the the two horse to essential qualities one i don't think the essential quality is going to win and she's like okay like, let me look at it like she comes back 10 minutes later is like uh put you know how much money can i put on Medina spirit and i was like uh i mean like it's like my account <laughs> so like i don't want to like put in like i like threw in a hundred dollars i was gonna spread around but you know you could she's like, All right, put like you know 30 dollars on medina spirit and i did um for her but i didn't do it for myself and she was like oh bob baffert and you know, she knows what she's talking about it's not like you know just like blind pick but like <laughs> i didn't listen And then, like, I remember talking to Joe earlier in the day about how, like, there was no early speed in that race at all, and Medea Spirit was one of the horses that had some early speed, and as, like, they got out of the gate, I, like...
0: But it's like, I wish I could
1: live that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so the spirits in front. And then I, I looked at my fiance. I was like, this is, you know, there's no early speed in this race. Like this horse could wire if they're, you know, gonna, if no one's going to send it and push them. And that's exactly what happened. And then like, so, you know, my recommendation listening 12 to one horse won the Derby, which is great. Um, for, for my fiance, not for me. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you know, I wish I listened. So that's that's my story. Um and that's my recommendation. So we'll have the preakness uh stuff in two weeks, and that should be an interesting race. I don't know who's in it or who's um imagine but,
0: most of the same horses.
1: I think a lot of people are bypassing it. Like that happened, that's happened a lot in the last couple of years, and it's yeah. led to a lot of I saw a tweet that like I think it's like eight out of the last ten preakness winners won the derby and like a lot of them shouldn't have because like oh. the horse is like you know it's a, it's a like a two-week turnaround is like not great it's
2: quick. Yeah, yeah it's really so fast. it's like
1: unless you have like unless your horse is like really in form in training and you can't really probably gauge like that <clears throat> right after the derby yeah
0: the i'm time, probably gonna look yeah
1: but like you know, unless you're you're really confident that your horse is not going to just like have fatigue from running the biggest race and the longest race of their life two weeks ago, um, you're just gonna sit back and and aim for the Belmont. So it's been like the last couple years where this the horse that wins the Kentucky Derby wins, and you know, we've had had some triple crown true triple crown contenders. I don't think Medina Spirit is a triple crown contender but Medina Spirit might just win the Preakness just because there's no one else of similar quality in it.
0: Yeah, I might let it just because it was held out.
1: But, like, is Baffer going to let another horse, like, take away a triple crown yeah. winner? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so, Good point. you know, Concert Tour owned by Gary and Mary West, who are, like, one of the, the bigger owners of the race. But, like, if I was – if I owned Medina Spirit – and won the Derby, and then Baffert's other horse beat my horse in the Preakness. I'd be so mad.
0: Yeah,
1: it's bad. that's a that's a
0: fireable offense. That'd be bad, actually. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, we'll have that more
1: as we as we see who's going to be in it. But um, yeah, that's it for the podcast, I guess. Uh, Terry hey, takes announcement.
2: Announcement yes. on behalf of Terry takes and uh, the U.S. Men's National Team. Uh, they continue to shine in the Champions League, us Americans. Uh, laying down a sick assist to clamp up the uh, Champions League final, which is going to be all Premier League teams. It's going to be Man City and Chelsea. They're playing on Saturday in the Premier League, so you have a nice showcase. Probably won't see all the starters, I'm assuming. A lot less on the line on Saturday, but not a bad way to get a glimpse of what we're going to see on May 29th. Yeah,
1: I I saw that Chelsea um made the Champions League final, but I guess we should mention real quickly what happened on Sunday morning when the Manchester United fans literally got a game canceled. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy.
2: Why can't we do this as Americans? We used to be so good at rioting and shit. We're so we suck when it comes to sports and rioting. We can't get it right.
1: Well, because of sports and rides, depending on who you talk to and who you uh, consume politically, we're very good at riding.
2: Uh, Yeah, 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 for politics. But like for sports, (laughs) like the Knicks are still fucked pretty much with ownership from the Dolan family, which luckily he seems to be directing his just blind anger and rage towards the Rangers at the moment. So let's just live in the shadows and be okay as Knicks fans. But no one can fucking get it together like the Brits. Holy shit.
1: Well, well, this was kind of like uh, I remember this take a couple years ago, where it's like American teams and American fan bases riot when they win. And yeah, how every, stupid are we? Every other team basically riots when they lose. Like when the Canucks <laughs> lost to the Bruins in Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Finals, and there was that, that picture was of like the couple like making it out like on the ground, like where just like just hellfire so surrounded them. Uh, so, <laughs> so beautiful. So. You know, I think, yeah, I mean, you're right. I, should American sports fans step it up? Probably.
2: Yeah, let's take a fucking chapter out of that book and, you know, use it. Yeah. We can get sure, affordable beer at games if we fucking stick together.
1: I'm sure Aaron Rodgers would lead, uh, lead a rebellion of the shareholders to install him. I wonder. As, I wonder how many shareholders
2: you know, would actually riot for him.
1: Probably a lot and there's a, there's a whole lot of them because like i said you can't own more than 4% of that organization yeah <laughs> so, that's a like lot a of true, <laughs> that's like a real like ironically given their fan base like that is pro- you could make the argument that that's like the socialist team in america
2: there's a but couple of uh, german teams like that in the bundesliga yeah. But
1: that's for another episode. Um, so <laughs> signing off for the Oddscast podcast producer, Corey, thank you for the U S men's national team update. Don't um, forget place your yeah. bets. Yeah. We'll get Terry takes shifting take on that next week. Hopefully he'll join us. Um, he might be mourning his loss in the NFL draft odds cast contest, but uh, for Joe DeLara, I'm Dominic DeLeo. the Oddscast podcast. See you next week. God bless.